This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, December 18th, 2020. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the plight of workers in Palestine during the pandemic. The effect of COVID in Southern Africa. The Labour Start report about union events and singing a nurse's lullaby. Close your eyes. Time to sleep now. You have someone to call to. This is Radio Labour. Conditions for workers in Palestine have become even worse with the collapse of the economy and the spread of COVID-19. To bring more public awareness to the problems faced by Palestinians, the British Union, Unison, conducted a global webinar. Unison is the UK's largest union with more than 1.3 million members. One of the participants in the webinar was Ria Al-Sana. Ms. Al-Sana is a research coordinator with the Who Profits Center, which focuses on corporate involvement in the occupation of Palestinian land. She was asked about the state of the Palestinian economy. The Palestinian economy has collapsed. There are no, at the moment, job-generating sectors in the Palestinian economy. The most of people work in the service sector. And so if you look at the agricultural sector, For example, in the 1970s, 40% of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza were employed in agriculture. Today, we're talking only about 6.1% of Palestinians. And so the ability for people to find employment and for the ability for the Palestinian territories to create jobs has been completely decimated by Israel's prolonged military occupation and colonial rule. The OPT suffers from some of the highest levels of unemployment in the world, over 25% pre-COVID. And in the West Bank, unemployment is less than than in Gaza, but this change or difference between Gaza and the West Bank is predominantly down to the absorption of Palestinian labor in the Israeli job market. As we know, since 2006 and the imposition of the blockade on Gaza, sea, water, air, and land blockade, no workers have been able to kind of exit Gaza for work. I mean, people can barely exit Gaza for any for any purpose, but certainly not for work. And mostly it's been concentrated on workers from the West Bank and East Jerusalem. So we're talking about over 133,000 Palestinians coming to work for Israeli businesses in the West Bank, in the settlements, but also in Israel. These workers amount to around 18.5% of the West Bank's labor force. So they are a significant section of Palestinian workers. When we're talking about Palestinian workers, 18.5% of them don't actually work for Palestinian businesses or businesses centered or positioned in the West Bank or East Jerusalem. They're working for Israeli businesses in the settlements and in Israel proper. And of course, the entry or access of these workers to those jobs is not an easy process and it's definitely not a simple process either. For a Palestinian to access these jobs, they have to have a permit. Permits are essentially a security process. You have to have a give all of your biometric data to the Israeli military. You have to go through a checking by the Israeli military. If you're an ex-prisoner, you cannot get your permit. We know that a huge amount of Palestinians are imprisoned arbitrarily and so on. Permits also can't really 
engage in any job that you want to engage in, right? It's not like if you're a doctor, you can go into Israel and become a doctor in Israel if you get a permit. Israel only allows the entry of Palestinian workers for specific sectors where it has a lack of workers. And it's mainly manual work. So they're doing manual work and they're doing dangerous work. And the majority of them are employed in the construction sector, they're employed in agriculture, and they're employed in also factories, so manufacturing and so on. These workers, you know, you get your permit. It's not an easy ride. Every day you have to cross highly securitized checkpoints twice a day, going to work and back from work. This means that you have to leave your home at early hours in the morning, get back to your family at the late hours of night, and then start all over again the next day. And at the moment when we're, you know, we're talking about COVID and people are talking about social distancing and being safe and hygiene and all of these um, kind of recommendations of how we can keep ourselves safe, they're not really tenable for Palestinians. I mean, if you looked at pictures from the checkpoints at three o'clock in the morning, you see thousands and thousands of workers queuing in to act, to go through the checkpoints to access their jobs with no sense of protection. The pandemic is having devastating effects on workers in developing regions such as southern Africa. Seamarie Ainsborough has a report. As the world's attention is grabbed by the incompetent management of the pandemic in Britain and the United States, it is easy to forget that other parts of the world, especially in developing countries, are suffering as well. For example, in southern Africa, where there are many informal workers with no benefits, the pandemic has hit hard. In a webinar conducted by the Regional Organization of the International Trade Union Confederation, ITUC Africa, the situation was outlined by Zingizwa Lossi, Ms. Losi is the president of the Southern Africa Coordination Council, SATUC. She is also the president of the Congress of South African Trade Unions, COSATU. On behalf of SATU, I want to greet everyone and also say that as we stand today, the globe is still facing a huge health and economic challenge because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which now records over 21 million confirmed cases and over 1 million deaths. It is evident that COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the supply, which is production of goods and services, as well as the demand, which is consumption and investments. All business, regardless of the size, in the SADC region and beyond, are still facing serious challenges, especially those in the aviation, in tourism, hospitality industries, with a real threat of significant declines in revenue, insolvency, and massive job losses. For instance, following travel bans, border closures, and quarantine measures that we have witnessed being implemented in the SADC region, many workers have not been able to move to their places of work or carry out with their jobs which has had a knock-on effect on income, particularly for informal and casual employed workers. Now, given the current environment of uncertainty and fear, enterprises are likely to delay investments, purchases of goods, and the hiring of workers. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. 
Each day, Labor Starts volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top stories section included links to coverage of what is hoped to be the end of a giant corruption scandal within the American United Auto Workers Union, stories from a number of countries regarding vaccination priorities for workers, and more attacks and threats of attacks directed at Colombian trade union leaders. The emerging trends in our news coverage include the ways in which the pandemic has intensified existing contradictions and conflicts. While it's been obvious for months that the provision of health care is biased by income both between and within countries, a recent development has been the violent suppression of pandemic-related dissent. From Albania to Zimbabwe, the stresses that the pandemic have placed on workers has in turn generated large-scale protests. Typically, workers are demanding employment, state income supports, and improved access to health care. But this week alone, we counted over 20 such demonstrations that were crushed by police and the militaries of dozens of countries. For journalists reporting on these events, work has become doubly dangerous. Now, not only do they risk exposure to COVID-19, but as the International Federation of Journalists reports almost daily, they face police violence as well. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news of the working conditions that have caused a walkout by home care workers in New Zealand, the spread of period poverty campaigns across the United Kingdom, and why so many of the agricultural workers engaged in large-scale protests in India are women. The Free Health and Safety Newswire, we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories about the overstressed South African healthcare system, personal protective equipment shortages yet again in Canada, and the campaign to have COVID-19 declared a workplace hazard in Mexico. Our current photo of the week is of Portuguese hospitality workers demanding work or government assistance. Hospitality, transport, and tourism workers have been hard hit by the pandemic, and protests like this one have been reported almost daily somewhere around the world. Current campaigns that we're running at the request of unions around the world include urgent appeals for online solidarity with workers and their unions in Kyrgyzstan, Brazil, Colombia, Myanmar, Belarus, India, Ukraine, and in Albania. Look for details on how you can participate in these campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Picture this. You're in the hospital with COVID-19. Your family is not allowed to visit, and you are not sure you will live through the night. There's only you and a night shift nurse. Here from the Labor CD Fallen Heroes, Songs for Essential Workers, is A Nurse's Lullaby.
Lullaby was written by Timothy Sheard and sung by Tracy Garrison Feinberg and Jacob Gold. You can find a link to the CD Fallen Heroes, Songs for Essential Workers, on the Radio Labor website. And that's it, international labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. This is the last Radio Labor newscast for 2020, and we're glad to see the end of the year. More than a million and a half deaths due to COVID-19. The final days of a fascist president in the White House. A libertarian takeover of the British government with a breakaway from the European Union. Millions of workers around the world unemployed because of the pandemic. It's been a crazy, suffering year. All of us at Radio Labor wish you, your family, your friends, and co-workers a happy 2021. We will be back with our 11th year on Friday, January 8, 2021. Until then, remember, it's all about global solidarity. Solidarity forever.